It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We uh, took a couple of days off to, uh, you know, fatten up our tummies from the holidays and uh, getting set for wonderful uh, New Year's Day is now upon us and we're going to make some resolutions. We're going to talk about uh, all the some of the off-season junk that I'm sure that we are uh, primed for getting for and probably we're primed for getting that way about two weeks ago, but now we can finally start uh, getting into it. We'll preview the play- playoffs a little bit and, uh, of course, we are joined by the fabulous... Mr. Mike K, Mr. Matt Daring. Uh, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm well. How about you? Fantastic. Uh, Matt, you got uh, all the booze and everything ready for tonight? Yeah, man. We got New Year's Dock and Eve going on over here. <laughs> New Year's Dock and Eve, indeed. And, uh, you know, I, nothing really to touch on from the Giants game other than, uh, you know, I said it with the, the Hoss uh, earlier this week and just saying I, I still kind of prefer them just to kind of lose that one out. I know it's probably only three spots, but, you know, you think about going into what happened last year and, how they missed out on on the six guys that they wanted to, uh, Mike. Either either way, do you feel 
it, it doesn't really matter what those three spots will do, and if they really want a guy, they can jump up and get him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, if you're looking for Mariota, then probably yeah. But uh, <laughs> normally, sixteen to twenty is the no fly zone for the draft. It's like a spot you don't want to be. So if they were picking at seventeen, it doesn't really make much of a difference from twenty. I guess if you, if you want to look at it that way, I actually was rooting for a win. I thought um, I thought we saw a lot of good things uh, out of out of the Eagles. I wanted them to finish strong because you never want to end a season on a four game losing streak, especially when you're as competitive as Chip Kelly. And I think you know for all the talk of him saying you know I don't want to play the future, well then you better win. I mean, yeah. you better win, and he won. So I guess that's you know that's the moral of the story there. Yeah, Matt. Any indifference there? I know it's. Uh, I know a lot of people really don't care too much about it, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a character win. Um, I was reading. I don't know if this is true, but I thought I read that it would actually just move them up one spot in okay. the draft if they had lost. Um, which definitely, I mean, does not that does not move my meter at all. And I thought it was a nice character win. I think you'll see a couple of the guys. I'll mention it in their press conferences when they resign, and you know free agents and the like will probably bring it up as well because I just think sort of think that, you know, maybe we sort of roll our eyes at it or whatever, but I'm, you know, if it's important to the players, I think that's great. You know, more realistically, I think we can all agree that when we look into the draft now, if Foles is going to be the guy starting day one, or if there's somebody that's coming in and, and going to be competing, uh, e- even if they shine in preseason of whoever comes in here to compete with them, it's pretty much Foles' job still, at least for the first few weeks, um, and you know, not to tantalize anything because I know it's still completely unrealistic. And, uh, you know, if the Eagles do end up making a, a whatever it takes type of move, for, you know, Jameis Winston is probably not going to be that guy. Marcus Mariota is still a huge possibility as far as fit, uh, just not probably going to happen here, Mike, but you had a little bit of a sizzle piece that I'm sure everybody was talking about that the Titans may pass on both of those guys. So if if that does happen, I mean, is there any reason why Tampa Bay wouldn't take Marcus Mariota? And at that point, if he, if Tennessee doesn't take him now, do you do you kind of see? Well, maybe there's a three or four percent chance now, rather than a zero percent chance at that point. Well, here's what'll be interesting. First, let's see how FSU does against Oregon. Um, I think that that I don't know if that'll necessarily go a huge way, but if Mariota struggles in a big game and Winston. Uh, Rex Oregon. I mean, I guess then, then there you go. You've got your uh, your controversy there. I think Mariota and Winston are similarly talented, which and they're both premium talents. They're both better than any other quarterback that come out that has come out in the last two years. But I think if you're looking for local uh, a local feel and selling tickets, Winston's got a huge following in Florida. I think if you're the Buccaneers. Uh, that might be interesting. Mariota seems to be the type of quarterback that does need a system that kind of fits him um, for him to be fully successful, uh, only because we don't have uh, evidence to support uh, him being a great pocket passer, just, you know, being in a simple system or a West Coast offense. So I think, you know, you could look at it from that perspective. So maybe the Buccaneers take Winston and then you've got Tennessee dangling Mariota because I don't know why you would make an, another pick unless you wanted Leonard Williams uh, if you're the Titans because really that that pick has that that pick has a lot of value. Why let the your division rivals the the Jaguars trade down if you pass on Mariota? So I think that'll be a big sticking point. I mean, you've got the Jets who are in the top ten that need a quarterback. You've got 
Um, <clears throat> the Rams, who may look into getting a quarterback. You have the Bears, depending on who what they're going to do with Jay Cutler. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that second overall pick. Yeah, and and if that kind of just shakes out how we all expect it to, and nothing really happens here, Matt, what are, what are you going to be targeting in that first round? What do you think is the is the best? situation there are you thinking more defense you thinking more offense where do you lie anybody catching your eye uh my my big my big guy is uh kevin white which um as i watch more and more of him i sort of start to feel like he's um uh, kevin white sorry wide receiver out of west virginia um as i watch more and more of him i start to see that you know that might actually be pretty unreasonable uh people are initially talking about him and you know that is whatever but initially sort of talking about him as like a later first round pick but uh, I think if he runs well at the combine, he could probably be a top 10 pick or probably be the second wide receiver taken um, if things shake out in his favor. Um, and I and I really think they might. He's he's big. He's strong. He's got strong hands. Um, catches the ball away from his body. I think we've seen that a lot with like guys like Odell Beckham. I think he's sort of that same kind of catcher. Maybe not as acrobatic as he is, but um, he's sort of got that same sort of style where he doesn't wait for the ball to get to him. Um, he's got dreads, too. So in addition to playing like Larry Fitzgerald, he kind of looks like him, too. <laughs> But um, for my money, I'm sort of focusing on somebody like that, you know, somebody who can somebody who can actually help us, you know, maybe not this coming year, but for the next 10 years, as opposed to, you know, just looking for a quick fix or whatever in the defensive backfield. Um, so it, for my money, Kevin White is probably at the top of my reasonable draft wishes list. Yeah, and I kind of feel the same way, too, as far as it, I, I still kind of want them to go offense if. If it's there and if it's available, I don't. I, I mean, Mike, is there anybody else that is on the defensive side that could be right around there that you really like? Um, you know, and would it be worth the price of taking them? Well, I was looking at the, how the draft might stack up. I did a mock draft uh, for my own benefit. Uh, my actual mock draft will be out either Friday or Monday um, for BGN. But there are two guys that I take away depending on how the draft falls. You've got Trey Waynes from from Michigan State. I can't believe that I'm agreeing with uh, what's his face from ESPN, Don McShay. Um, <laughs> but my guy would actually be Bernardrick McKinney from uh, Mississippi State. Uh, I know that that he's an inside linebacker. I know that doesn't come at a premium. Um, you know there is a very good chance that Tamika Ryan's gets re-signed. He did play very. I mean, gets extended as and that you know, makes his money a little bit cheaper. Um, but if they do decide to move on from him, I think he'd be perfect opposite uh, Kendrick's. He'd be kind of the thunder to Kendrick's lightning. He's a, he, I mean, this guy is going to stop any run game period. And that's, that's the premium for Chip Kelly and Billy Davis's defense. So I think he'd be interesting. Uh, you know, you brought up wide receiver. I know Klossner's not here, but he's a huge, huge fan of Devonte. um, uh, Devontae Parker. Yeah, you know, uh, Tony Pauline went on um, the Eagles podcast and mentioned that Devontae might drop out of the Senior Bowl, in which case he would definitely be available for us. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I, I like him, but uh, my wide receiver is Justin Hardy from uh, East Carolina. Uh, you want to talk about um, Odell Beckham. I think this kid's got Odell Beckham written all over him. He's not as he's not as athletic, but he's got those hands. He's, he, he jumps up for the ball. He's got uh, a lot of strength. I mean, understated strength and understated speed. He's a big play waiting to happen. I also think that you're looking at possibly trading up for a, a player if you're at um, if you're at 20 or 
you know, you want to go. I like Landon Collins. He's probably my second favorite defensive player in the draft, and he's a safety from Alabama. I think he's probably the most complete safety that's been. Is that, is that Landon Dawkins? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I actually think he's a, a pretty comparable two-way player. I wouldn't say he is Dawkins, but he is a two-way player. Uh, very good against the run. He can be a playmaker in the air. Uh, I think he'd be very interesting. I mean, especially if you're going to take him in the first round. I think he's going to be top 10, maybe top 12. I don't think it'll cost a whole lot. Maybe you give up a third, and then you go into the second round, and you take maybe a pass rusher or a wide receiver. Yeah, and I, I think I, you're in good shape. I think um, I, I really do like the idea of a of a McKinney uh, there as well. I mean, 6'5", six, five, six, five, 245 isn't bad, and plus he can buy cigarettes. So uh, I, I think... If you go and do something like that as as more of an impact there and play with your strength, I know we keep going back. This is like an ongoing debate ever since ever since the offseason. Is the secondary as bad as everybody says, or is it more of a overreaction to what happened to guys against Dez and what happened to guys against Deshaun Jackson and all that other stuff? For the most part, I thought they held up okay, and I think a lot of the playoff teams that are here – have worse secondaries or or equal you know I, I i think there's i think there's too much of an emphasis being put on it i'm not saying they're good and they definitely need an upgrade but how much are you willing to spend to upgrade it when you have those types of players around you that i think could make more of an impact and you're kind of gambling more on a cornerback because i know just like pass rushers and just like everything else it's really hard to judge how they will fit i know a lot of people even say byron maxwell it would be their top priority in free agency, but I'm not sure how much of a fit he would be in this system. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on any of that? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sort of with you. I mean, I think that if we want to sort of stipulate that the secondary play here was poor. Absolutely. Um, but, okay, so so what's an upgrade from poor? Basically anything, right? So what does that cost? How much is it going to cost for you to get a guy in here who's just fine? You know, and you get maybe you get two guys in here that are fine. And suddenly you've spent five million dollars on it or whatever, and you still have plenty of you know plenty of money and plenty of resources to invest in like other things, you know, either luxuries or whatever. And you get you get the secondary squared away. And look, this is already a ten win team. I mean, I don't want to say that the secondary is just full of a bunch of winners, but they were six and two before Mark Sanchez took over. <laughs> but um, I jam, do think jam. that yeah, I do think that they um. Uh, I do think that, you know, they could make some they could make some cheap upgrades to this unit and then go into the draft, you know, ready to rumble, you know, and just take whoever they like instead of sort of having to having to force it or maybe feeling like they need to, uh, you know, use a third round pick to trade up and get and go get that guy like, you know, your Landon Collins or uh, uh, Trey, Trey Waynes. Waynes maybe or somebody like that. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who might not be a better PJ fit Williams, than he not sucks. Pe- and he's and he's a you know a hit and run perpetrator, but um, you know so 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 something like that. I mean, I think that instead of talking about investing premium resources, which might come in the form of two fairly high picks and or even a lot of money, I think that we can get a a marginal upgrade for you know a reasonable amount of resources, and you still have everything left over to do things that are more important, like take care of uh, Fletcher Cox, take care of Jeremy Macklin, and and. Uh, you know, make some get some longer term upgrades going. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, is, I mean, is there somebody there that maybe we're not talking about it? Maybe in free agency or even in the draft that that could fill a spot that's at least you know you have one better side of the field. Well, well, yeah. Take a walk with me, gentlemen. Um, well, let's let, let's let's look at it this way. 
Um, there's two ways of looking at the secondary. One, you brought up a really good point that they struggled against Deshaun, Odell, and Dez. Well, they're your division rivals. You play them twice a year. You need to upgrade over that. But then there's another way of looking at it. The cornerbacks uh, play better with better safeties and better pass rush. So improve those, and maybe that helps you out if you get small upgrades, like Matt said, over the corners you currently have. I have. I don't see a way that Fletcher and Kerry Williams are back, especially as starters. So I think you're going to have to look for upgrades there. I hate to poop in the punch bowl, but Byron Maxwell may not be that good if he's not, you know, backed by safeties like he has in Seattle. Um, so you know that's another huge risk. I think he's going to get. Huge, I think he's going to get Altron Werner money, which I don't know if he's really worth that. He has one year of starting experience, uh, but he's tall. So narratives. Um, <laughs> I think what you could do is you could spend big money on Devin McCourty, who play safety the way the Eagles want. They want a guy who can cover first and handle uh, one-on-one responsibilities. He's a former corner, just like Malcolm Jenkins. You re-sign Nate Allen to be your third safety and compete for a starting job out of respect. Um, And so he's your third safety. Your unit's already improved there because Earl Wolf has clearly been a disappointment. Um, You look for a pass rusher like a Jason Worlds or you re-sign Brandon Graham and you figure out Trent Cole. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't think he's staying unless he restructures significantly. Which he said he would. Which he said he would. Which he said he would do, and we'll get to that later. But I'm just saying, like you're. I don't know if he should start. That that's what I'm saying. I don't. And I don't know if Trent Cole is willing to restructure and be benched. So you're you're looking at you're looking at a situation where you're probably going to need a pass rusher out of this draft. You can't rely on Marcus Smith. You can't rely on Jalen Watkins, who I actually thought got a lot more heat than he should have I, for, you know, his first snaps on defense professionally. Um, I thought he held his own for the most part. Yeah, I, thought um, he fine. yeah, I mean, I think he's a depth corner, but you know, you've got all this and then you head into the draft. You, you take a, uh, you know, a rookie inside linebacker who can blitz who can either take over for D'Amico in a year or take over for him right away. You also have, um, you also improve the defensive line. I think, uh, you know, you've got Vinnie Curry there, but if Graham leaves, you need another pass rusher maybe inside that can help. Uh, I thought Benny Logan did well this year. And then I think you, right there, if you draft corners or you get Collins or you do whatever, or Waynes, you're in good shape with your cornerbacks. I think it's okay to have young cornerbacks out there if you have really good pass rush and a really good safety unit. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Quentin Rollins. Uh, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been I've been banging this drum pretty hard, but uh, I like him a lot. You know, he was the point guard. He's a Miami Miami of Ohio player basketball team uh, last year, and he was like, <clears throat> "Well, if I want to keep playing sports professionally, I better switch it up." So this year he came in, and he hasn't played football since high school, and he didn't even play defense much in high school, and he got seven interceptions anyway. Um, he's tall. He's either six foot or six foot one, depending on who you believe. Looks like he's about two hundred pounds. He's really solidly built. He's an excellent tackler, which is I mean, beyond surprising to me. Just pure form tackle, really good at it. Um, seems to always be running to the ball. Could probably use some work. Maybe his speed's not there. I'm not really sure. It's hard to tell. But uh, I think that somebody like that, if you're looking for a day two cornerback prospect, somebody like that would fit in really well and probably be able to start eventually. Yeah, I, I uh, he's a guy I think I'd take a flyer on just because of his athleticism. I think there's going to be a lot of work there. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I like I like him so far. He's going to the Senior Bowl, so we can revisit after the Senior Bowl. But right True. now, he's my he's my guy. Uh, and 
we were just about to get into playoff news and things of that sort. And holy crap, do we have some things to talk about now, fellas? Tom Gamble fired, as uh, Chris Mortensen is reporting it. Not like parting ways. Well, at least that's how some of the people are trying to spin it now. But it doesn't sound like it was friendly. And holy shit, <laughs> uh, there's uh, probably like a thousand thoughts that are racing through our heads here. Mike, is this a power play move from Howie? Uh, what's the deal? Did did uh, what, What's your initial reaction to this? It makes no sense to me, especially on today of all day. I, I mean, I don't know. It, to me, it sounds like, yeah, there might have been a power struggle or that this was not. It was it was either here or me, here, uh, him or me sort of thing, but. The only way this actually makes sense, and I'm not saying this does, this is pure speculation, is if they gave him the keys to the draft room this year as a tryout to become the full-time GM and move Howie into a figurehead position or something higher or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. Because well, no one and no one really knows Gamble's role. I want to say that before everybody gets – no one really knows what Gamble did. He could have been peeling potatoes at the NovaCare complex – and they just gave him a nice title. You know the what I mean? Potatoes are a little I, high in carbs, I think. Yeah, they are. Well, he looks like he's enjoyed some carbs in his day. Oh, that's that's rough. Yeah. Oh, man, you get fired and then get called out for having a carb fascination. Yikes. <laughs> it's not his day. So, stay down, champ. It's not your night. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... Um, wow. I, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. I mean, if this is... I, I know we had talked about Chip wanting total control of the roster and everything else, and maybe that's a part of this too of just like whoa 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 you know you really like Tom Gamble and he he said that on Monday of basically saying that you know I like Tom as my football guy and I like how he is the free agent contract guy and I don't know if they had a, a ton more say in this draft and the way it went for the most part you know people are obviously people don't like the Marcus Smith pick they like Jordan Matthews they're split 50-50 on Huff the same way with Watkins. Uh, uh, there's and then five, six, and I, I don't. Who do we? T- we didn't have a six round pick, right? No. We, well, we had two fifth round picks. Right. So uh, uh, it was Hart and and uh, Ed Reynolds, and then the seventh round pick was your your the the apple of your eye, Bo Allen. Of course. So you know if that's if they just like Mike was saying, if they had if both of them were mostly in charge of the room here, and for whatever Howie took credit for in the past drafts which were good, and everybody thought they were they liked that. Uh, I mean, Matt, do you think it's it's more of a possibility and maybe possibly a good thing if that's the case because now you have that balance of structure of I'm going to go out and get these players. You heard all this stuff before about Chip Kelly wanting Hart in the third round and how he told him to wait till the fifth, and that's what they did. Could that be a good thing in the long run if that was the case? Uh, I don't know. You know, um, Jeff McClain, who, okay, but he's he's out here tweeting – uh, about the the balance of power over player acquisition um, shifted to chip last off season and the team didn't do as well this year. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, McLean is out here sort of, I don't know if it's speculation. He really doesn't say whether or not this is some sort of informed opinion or not, but he's, he has a tweet that says balance of power over player acquisition shifts back to Howie Roseman. Chip Kelly was given last off season and the team regressed, um, which I think is, I guess that's a, that's a fair way of putting it. I mean, if you sort of assume sort of building on what Mike was saying, that, that if uh, Tom Gamble was sort of in charge of this last offseason, I don't think it was as, as successful as the previous offseason was, for example. Um, uh, I think another sort of moving part in this that we're not really talking about is Rick Mueller, 
who was yeah. the director of pro personnel. Um, he has a job interview tomorrow with the Jets. Um, and I would assume that he, uh, either he or Anthony Patch is, is heir apparent to Tom Gamble's job unless they go out of sight, which they don't uh, typically do. Um, I would say that they are heir apparent to Tom Gamble's job. So another thing I might sort of say is if they sort of brought Gamble in and were like, we don't want to lose this guy. So, um, you know, we could really we could really stand to do without you. Well, there is there is a ton of guys that that don't even cover the Eagles that were saying, wow, if the Jets land this guy, that is a huge deal. That's a great hire. That's a da 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 all this other stuff. You heard that from, uh, I can't even remember the names right now. I just remember seeing that a lot when that an announcement was made. So if that shakes out, Mike, uh, would Mueller or, I don't know, do you, Chip wasn't on board with this move. Let's just be right. I mean, that's that's definitely one of the things that I don't think he would do. Well, unless he set him free to go get another GM job because he wasn't going to get a GM job in Philly. I mean, there you know, we don't have all the facts, and I don't want to speculate too much, but to me, Mueller would be the guy that would ascend, you know, and they'd be able to keep him. Maybe they really wanted to keep Mueller, and Gamble really kind of wasn't as important to the operation as we'd perceived, and they decided, you know what, I, we'd rather keep Mueller over Gamble. Gamble was a nice addition for two years, gave us some extra insight, but really, you know, the team did regress this year. <clears throat> Uh, they won the, the same amount of games that they didn't make the playoffs. They had a three-game losing streak, which they didn't have the year before. And, um, you know, it, I don't know. Somebody had to take the fall for this, and I guess it wasn't going to be the DB coach because that would make too much sense. <laughs> um, you know, but if they did give him the room, the draft room, that's the only way this makes sense to me because some of these picks were extremely peculiar. And after the Danny Watkins draft and the Jaquan Jarrett stuff, you would think that, how we would know to be a little bit more tight to the, you know, keep things a little bit more conservative. And Marcus Smith was not a conservative pick. Uh, he did fit the philosophy, but, you know, what are you going to do? So I, I'm wondering if that was what it was. Maybe, maybe Lori wanted a, maybe Lori wanted Bridgewater, maybe Howie wanted Bridgewater. And they said, you know what? We don't need Bridgewater and Bland. You know what I mean? Like it could have been anything if, if that was the case. Yeah. I mean, uh, even uh, our own Dan Kloster uh, chiming in on Twitter is, is, the Eagles, uh, you know, 2015 season doesn't go well, and the quarterback of the future still isn't on the roster. It wouldn't surprise him if Chip resigns. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. To go uh, that seems like a little much. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, yeah. that that, that, that would be. A... In fact, Dan, send me a text when you hear this. Yeah, Dan, you send me a text, and also, you know, we've still got to write our bar mitzvah card to uh, to Cody Parkey. So, can you get back to me about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Maybe Dan's uh, may, might be overreacting, but I mean, the more and more you think about it, the, uh, this offseason just got, we were just saying how, how it's not going to be a, a great offseason and be prepared for it. And now this kind of happens. And what if, what if Chip makes a power play like that, then say, fine, if you want to run your own team and do it your own way, you can do it with somebody else. And he ends up going to wherever, Mike. This team is going to be set back hard. I, I don't want to speculate that he's going to leave, but let's talk about it if he were to leave. Let's just say he were to leave. If he went to Chicago or 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 Atlanta, who has weapons on offense, I don't really think or he Or New York or wherever it ends up or, being. Yeah, or the Jets or whatever. Well, I mean, that would be like really from starting from scratch. Well, I guess yeah. he could get his GM hat if he went there. But, um, you know, to me, this 
this is not going to end pretty if if this is the case. And I've said this earlier on Twitter. I speculated it about a week ago. I just don't see how how this can end pretty if they don't get a quarterback. And I'm wondering if that was part of the issue. Maybe maybe the team, maybe Howie and Lori wanted Teddy Bridgewater. They said, uh, no, I think we're okay with what our stuff. And then they took Marcus Smith. Uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what, what would have happened? But yeah, I wonder if they didn't at least tell him to stand pat on the quarterback situation. You know, it was, you know, now we're a year behind. And as far as that goes, I mean, that seems like that was a big sort of oversight on on the front office's part to not sort of get in, you know, somebody with a little bit of hope. Sorry, Matt Barkley. <laughs> well, yeah, too. I mean, like, that's that's a that's a serious deal. If if Tom and or Chip said we're, we're, we're rolling with Nick and that's our guy, because look at this and that's how he evaluated it after the offseason. And then obviously there's some that say that you know, this, this kind of thing was coming, then yeah, I think that's, I think to me that might be worth a firing <laughs> if, the, if that's there and then they're, they're two together and they're chirping each other's ear and getting everybody excited and having a little circle jerk and all that good stuff. But uh, if it, just like Mike was saying though, if that forces Chip to leave eventually, then I'm, then that's, that's, that's a big problem. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to have to see how this shakes out. Uh, it's going to be interesting the kind of details that that come up. I know a lot of people have already been saying, well, they're obviously going to put all the blame on this draft on Gamble and all that other stuff and make it look like that, you know, that's he was they were trying to build the uh, build build stuff together uh, a certain way and it didn't work and they can't have that happen again. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Final thoughts, guys, coming in the new year. Holy crap! Uh, I don't I don't even know what to say, uh, Matt. Nope. I. Uh... <laughs> Best case is what do we really know? I mean, maybe, maybe Gamble had some um, some bad some bad missteps here. Um, wouldn't necessarily coincide with the timing because I think that you know if they were going to fire him over the last draft, they might have done it already. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just really don't know. We don't know what he did. Um, it's it's something of a shakeup, but it's not. You know, he he is not the GM. It's not it's not the GM. It's not the president. Uh, or anything like that. He's the VP of player personnel. They have a guy waiting in the wings who seems pretty competent. Um, let's just wait and see. Mike, I told you so. <laughs> of course, of course, Mike. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, now that there's been um, I, originally, I, I we recorded this ending saying of like we're not quite sure what to make of this. Now that I've had a couple of days to kind of stew on it and everything's out here. Look, you're going to read. You're starting to read a lot of stories with sources and and all this other stuff about how exactly the Eagles front office works and they're going to grab people like Lewis Riddick and they're going to grab people that have been in the business before and they're going to talk to Joe Banner and they're going to talk to Heckert and and, and they're going to point to Grigson and all this other stuff. Look, all those guys are pretty bad at their job, right? The, so, as, as far as the people that keep being named in these things, right? They're, they're, they're not in the NFL really anymore. They're on ESPN or they're doing poorly, you know. This that's that's some of the things, and that's I'm not saying that maybe some guys got fired that they shouldn't, because maybe there is. I know there's a guy that is working for the Giants right now that looks like he's going to take over, uh, you know, the 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 GM job there, uh, and that was one of the guys that Roseman had replaced. So yeah, I'm sure there are guys that get filtered through and bump in and out, but that happens in every organization. I really do think at the end of the day, this ends up being. A good thing. I, I think people think that there are so many. There, there are a lot of people that think that now Chip's power is completely gone. I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's really changed that much. I think that that not to uh, have a pun out there or anything, but I think the gamble was on gamble. This is my guy, and he's going to show you how, and that's what this draft is all about. You know, a, a lot of that. If you remember, Howie Roseman had to say, and I think we talked about it earlier, Howie Roseman had to say, don't draft Hart in the third. He'll be there in the fifth. You need that type of guys. And if you believe guys like uh, Greg Gabriel, you know, who writes, hey, when you look at the Eagles have drafted the past couple of years, what they've done in free agency, a grade of average might be too nice. According to some in the know, the scouting department lost its clout in the process. And most personnel decisions were made more on the coach's opinion rather than the scouts with Gamble siding with the coaches. So, of course, if you if that is true and you have that type of relationship, uh, and again, take that for what it's worth because nobody actually knows. This is all just, for the most part, the, the little, little hints here and there, and you've got to just kind of see it and put it through the lines. If that was the case, then you have to immediately take out that problem. Because what's the point of having your scouts? If, if, if you don't trust them and you keep going to the coach's side, you end up with bad drafts. I think that's what you saw eventually with Andy taking over and all that power. And yet again, that's still that's still in question. The biggest thing out of all this is everything is still in question. Everything is completely speculated. And the only answers that you're probably going to get are going into this draft. That's what it is. So, again, how he makes the power play or whatever you want to call it to say, you know what, Tom Gamble cannot be screwing this thing up here. I, I, I think I've done a well enough job to take this team into this next draft. I don't want him a part of it because look what it did. If that's the case, I think that's a good thing in the in the long run here. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But we don't know anything, and the, the draft will tell us pretty much, for the most part, pretty much everything. Same with the free agents and, and all that stuff. And I know Mike has got a couple of good articles coming out in the next, uh, next couple of days that I think will point towards that and it's not I'm not saying to you either you have to be pro Howie or you have to be negative Howie or anything I'm just saying keep an open mind with everything don't be pro anything question all this stuff but you know it's 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 a lot simpler to say Howie Roseman's a jerk he's only good with the numbers Chip's gonna leave whatever people bring up Doug Marone all and and the whole Bill situation but then you look at that and that's Doug Whaley you know the Dugs didn't get along there either and Doug didn't hire Doug Marone. A lot of Doug's, a lot of Doug talk going on here. But if you look at that situation, it's completely different. The Bills got new ownership, right? There was an opt-out clause for $4 million. Are you kidding me? If any coach in their right mind didn't like their situation, and if you look at that situation and go, okay, good defense, well, no first-round pick. I didn't agree to, you know, EJ Manuel, and it's Buffalo. <laughs> and it's a GM that I absolutely hate and don't see eye-to-eye with that I didn't pick. So you know what? I'm going to take this $4 million and I'm going to go into a market where everybody is completely desperate, completely desperate for a coach. And he's going to get hired and he's going to double dip the chip. I don't think Chip does that. The only way Chip leaves is at the end of his contract. Really does. Um, it's And again, I'll say it's not like he lost complete control or anything like that. I just think it's a, it's a more checks and balances thing. And you can't keep siding with the coach and ignoring your scouts if that was the case. So if that works out in the long run, we're going to find out real soon. And uh, and hopefully we do. And whoever thought that it wouldn't be, uh, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's another, 
drama-filled offseason, and uh, we'll be here to uh, cover it. So for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Mike Kay, and of course, Matt Daring, I want to thank you all very much for listening to BGN Radio, number 75, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.